to the Dairobi Health Show. I've got Rick Olderman on the line with me. Rick, how are you? I'm great, Dave. How are you? I'm fantastic. Let me read the short bio I have for you so that people get a feel for who you are and what we're going to talk about. It's a very important topic. Rick Olderman is a sports and orthopedic physical therapist with more than 25 years experience that specializes in helping people with chronic pain to experience a pain-free life. Rick has written the popular Fixing You series of books found on Amazon.com to help people with chronic pain or injuries and also has home courses that we'll be talking about as well. So Rick, a very interesting field that you've been in. Uh, you know, it has kept me on my toes for the last 25 years. <laughs> so I've been very happy with it. Well, and from what I can tell, the last 25 years is is probably fairly pivotal in your field. I imagine the information you learned uh, when you were studying in college or whatever certifications or whatever you took for this, I, I bet everything is different 25 years later. You know, what's interesting is that some things are different and other things are not. And ah. the, the reason why I kind of went into in developing this whole approach to solving pain is because what I learned at school wasn't really helping in the real world in terms of more chronic issues. And I was great with acute issues. But chronic issues, just not, not good at all. And I, I really realized I had to rethink this. And huh. so I've developed this whole approach. But in my orthopedic clinic here in Denver, over the many last years, I've had to train other therapists to, because I, they, if you were going to work at my clinic, you could only treat the way that I wanted you to treat uh, <laughs> right. because, because I know it works. It works really well. And right. so in training all of these other new grads and so forth, I realized that none of them are being treated, are, are learning uh, the systems approach that I've developed. And it's just like when I was in PT school, it's this component approach to, to looking at pain rather than a systems approach, which is really how our body works. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to put out a little case study, my own case study here to kind of get the conversation started. Okay. Because I've had some really interesting epiphanies about pain management I've had shoulder pain for quite a long time, and I've dealt with that naturally with uh, turmeric. We have our own product, Mimi's Miracle Turmeric, as well as uh, a simple glucosamine chondroitin. So for, for, for physical, you know, for just stuff I take, I've tried to do it naturally and avoid the, the cortisone shots whenever I could, um, that type of thing, do good mobility work, those types of things. But I finally ended up having surgery uh, on June 1st of this year, actually. Uh, finally, it was just too, too much. My, my, I had two rotator cuff muscles that were completely disengaged uh, mm. in, in a, a small accident that was really the straw that broke the camel's back, I think, because there was a bone spur, there was arthritis, and there was two rotator cuff muscles torn. And they put me back together. And of course, then you're you know, in a sling for a while yes. and dealing with the pain of surgery. And then I... I uh, got an overuse injury on the other side because now I only have one arm to do all the work that two arms used to do. And so now I got an inflamed labrum over here, which is driving me. So I have two shoulders in a lot of pain. I'm going through the physical therapy. I'm doing everything that the physical therapist tells me to do at home. And I'm, and I'm trying to rehab this thing the best I can. And interestingly, as far as the pain management goes for, I would say the first three months, they were really, really, holding me back. Like, don't do too much. Take this really easy. Don't re-injure yourself. You don't want to end up back in a, in a surgery. So really pay attention to the pain. And then suddenly, once I'd gained some strength and was doing light weight training and all these different motions, the physical therapist had me doing, 
all of a sudden it was like a switch turned and he was watching me try to lift my arm over my head and going, mm-hmm. Dave, do that again and force your shoulder to move how it should, even if it's painful. Mm-hmm. So, well, you, you told me to avoid pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, right. not anymore. We're 90 days in now. Now the pain you're dealing with, you got to work through. You just got to work this and get your shoulders back to move. And so it was like a, a, a switch. It was from pay close attention to your pain. Otherwise, you're going to re-injure yourself to, okay, now it's do the exercises, push yourself uh, and and you gotta you gotta work through this. So and I hope, of course, to be pain free. I'm not pain free uh, uh, yet. So now you are a physical therapist, and so you must take people like me all day long: shoulder surgeries, knee, hip, all this stuff. Right? There, people yes. are coming to your clinic all the time. Mm-hmm. And so let's just start with that little case study. And as a, a starting point, I guess, is it helped me as a lay person understand this issue of when is pain warning us to stop? Cause we're going to hurt ourselves. Right. And, uh, and when, when do we keep going? How do we figure that yeah. out? Yeah. So you're talking about a very specific issue with that shoulder. So yeah. let, let's address your shoulder first. Okay? okay. And then we could talk about pain and your question more broadly. So uh, I, I'm assuming, let's see, is this going to be shown on video, Dave? Yes, it is right now. It's live on YouTube right now. Great. People, would people would you watching. feel comfortable if I had you back up and so we could see how you li- raise your left arm and your right arm? And I'll show oh, you sure, what I'm talking sure. about. Okay. All right. You won't be able to hear me so well, but. That, no, that's fine. So turn the, right. your left arm to the camera. Uh, like this? Turn sideways. Turn sideways okay. so that your left, no, uh, turn your body sideways so your left shoulder is facing the camera. There you go. Gotcha. All right. uh, your light, your lighting isn't the greatest back there, but let's just see if we can see it. All right. Let so me, go ahead and raise your little drapes. Let me see what that does. Or it, it, and I don't, I don't expect you to do this, but if you're comfortable, if you take off your shirt, I'll be able to see a lot more. So <laughs> if, you, if you don't want to do that, I get it. So don't worry. We'll try it with the shirt on if you want. That's with the shirt on. It'll be a pain to get back on actually. All right. So go ahead and raise up your left arm overhead. Overhead from the side? To the, fr- to, the, to the front. To the front. To the front. Okay. Okay. So folks, I want you to look at uh, how much his back is arching to do that. And you can get a sense for how that shoulder is moved. So bring that back down, Dave. Okay. And do it about a quarter of that speed. Right in here, it's painful and tight. Oh, 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 bring it back down. Bring it back down. So, yeah. folks, look at right, stop right there. Folks, yeah. look at he, he doesn't have much shoulder blade motion at this point. Keep going, Dave. Now it's finally started to kick in, but it's, it's way too late. All right. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do, Dave, is turn the other shoulder to the camera. So, now we're going to look at your surgical shoulder, right? And no, the, the first, first one is the one that was operated on. This is the one with the labrum inflammation. Okay. Okay. Good. So that <laughs> was the surgical. That was the surgical. So, so your left was your surgical. That's right. Got it. Okay. So now let's see your right one. Yeah. So uh, bring it back down again. Okay. And now go about a quarter of that speed. So everyone can see. Stop. Stop. Bring it back down. Right about a little bit lower. Right about there. Okay. If you go up from here, people, you will start to see that his shoulder blade is moving earlier in the motion. Okay. 
And if you look at the other surgical shoulder, you'll see that the shoulder blade is moving later in the motion. And so what is happening here, the shoulder, you can have a seat now, Dave. Thanks. <laughs> the, the shoulder blade is the center of function for the upper extremity system. And what I'm going to guess is that up until now, your therapist has only been looking at shoulder range of motion and, not, sca and not scapular motion. Right. So, so our shoulders should achieve about 170, 180 degrees of motion. 60 degrees of that should be coming from our shoulder blade motion. 100 to 120 degrees of that should be coming from the shoulder joint motion. Okay. So this is very common with rehab for shoulders is that the therapist is not focusing on shoulder blade movement. And they're only focusing on shoulder joint movement. And what happens is when the shoulder blade isn't moving well, then you get that impingement that you're running into because the shoulder blade isn't moving the way it should. All right. And so your arm is bumping up into the top of the shoulder blade as you're trying to raise that up. And that's painful. All right. Now All right. I'm going to geek. I'm going to geek out just one, one more second, because I want you to, to be able to talk to your therapist about this. Okay. There is a particular muscle that connects from the shoulder blade to the arm bone called the teres minor. And it's also, uh, there's a teres major too. And what happens is after surgery, that muscle goes into spasm and becomes shortened. So as you're raising your arm up in the air, your arm starts dragging the shoulder blade with it rather than the shoulder blade pushing the arm up in the air. That's its role is to help push the arm up. So if you mention that if the therapist, you know, massages out that little teres minor and teres major muscles, if they, then your shoulder will start. I, I can almost guarantee that it will go up higher with le much less pain and that you're going to start recruiting your scapular muscles to do things rather than just your, your shoulder muscles. Okay. And, and to make this not completely about me now to, to, to branch out, uh, cause other people, sure. shoulder pain is a common thing, oh, uh, yeah. but I, I imagine there's similar things with hips, uh, knees, yeah. ankles. And so are you, are you pointing out a, a fairly common issue you deal with in that um, sometimes it's, it's not just where you feel the pain, but upstream or downstream from the pain, there's some other cause. Very much so. In fact, what we're talking about now, Dave, with your shoulder, this is often the cause for neck pain and headaches too, ah. uh, because the shoulder blade system is the foundational system. If we look at a skeleton, all right. And we see that we, it's all long bones. See these long thin bones. Yeah. Everything's yeah. long, thin bones, except for two areas. One is the pelvis. You can see that's a broad, flat bone, right? Okay, so yeah. the pelvis yeah. is the center of lower body and back function. Here's the other broad, flat bone, the shoulder blade. So the shoulder blade is very much similar to the pelvis. It is the center of function for the upper body system, including the neck and head. So... If you have chronic neck pain or headaches, just to what you said, most people will look at neck, the neck or the head, but that's not where the solution is the, because the problem is actually in how the shoulder blade is moving because it's the because there are things attaching from here into the neck and head. And so if the shoulder blade isn't working well, then that stress is transmitted via these muscles to the head. And as you mentioned, the okay. hip too, same with the hip, if the hip muscles aren't working well, then the whole pelvis doesn't work well. And that transmits stress to the back too. Yeah. Cause back pain of course is uh, possibly 
uh, will you tell me, is back pain the most common chronic pain complaint in, in uh, first world countries or, or what it, if not, <laughs> what far, is? By far, by far. By far back pain. Is, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're saying that- And the that most that... misunderstood too, I feel. Interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe we should just morph into that then. So you've already introduced us sure. to a really great principle, uh, which I would shorten into uh, where you feel the pain isn't necessarily the cause of the pain. And so there's some yeah. supporting system uh, that probably needs to be looked at. So let's talk about that with the back then. For, so for those people listening who have lower back pain, which you say is the most common complaint, uh, talk to us about some of the most common um, what, what's going on most, most commonly yeah. and what, what should they be doing to address it? Okay. So, uh, first of all, what I always find people learn better when they can feel what's happening in their body themselves, just like you raising your arm. Right. Yeah. So we're going to do the same with your listeners for a back pain. So I'm going to ask everyone to lie down on the floor with your legs straight and you could be on the couch or a bed, but a firm surface is better. And I want your legs straight out in front, you know, straight out from you. Not, I don't want the knees to be bent. And I want you to feel how your back feels in this position. And a lot of you who have had chronic back pain, uh, you don't even need to do this test because you already know the answer. So uh, now that you've had your legs straight and you can feel what your back feels like, now bend your knees so your feet are flat on the floor. And if that doesn't make a difference in how your back feels, then hug your knees to your chest instead. Okay. So which position, legs straight or knees bent, would feel better for a back that's hurting, would you say? Dave, what do you think? Oh, I, I know for me that uh, as soon as my knees bend a little bit, I have relief on my back. Absolutely. You and 99% of all other people with back pain. So what's the difference, though, between legs straight and knees bent? Well, it's easy to think that, oh, when my knees are bent, my back is flatter to the ground. Which means then that in order to solve your back pain, we have to change the shape of your low back bones. But that's not really what's happening. When you bend your knees versus when your legs are straight, you're removing forces that are acting from your legs on your pelvis and therefore back. So what we're doing is we're removing harmful forces acting on your back and your curve okay. is assuming more of its natural curve the way it wants to be. Okay. When you have pain, it's in an unnatural shape. So there are a lot of things happening in your legs that are acting then on your pelvis, which then affects your low back. And so here's how it plays out in the real world. If everyone now stands up and they listen to the rest of your podcast, they'll notice that after about a minute or two, their knees will start locking backwards if they're not already into a straight position. This is an energy, uh, energy conserving move. You lock your knees so you don't have to use your leg muscles. Right. But if, you, if you're feeling your back right now, I'm going to ask you now to unlock your knees and soften them a little bit. And you'll feel maybe a subtle change to your low back when you do that. And if you don't feel that subtle change, lock the knees again, and you'll feel that your back arches more when your knees are locked, and it arches less when your knees are unlocked. So we found out two things. One, hey, my back feels better when my legs aren't straight, and, and it feels worse when it's more arched, right? And the right. second thing that we just found out is if I am standing any longer than a minute, I tend to lock my knees, which then arches huh. my back and causes my back to hurt. So one simple solution would be to unlock your knees when you're standing and walking. It's in fact, so much of back pain can be solved just by doing that little change in how you use your body. And this highlights kind of my whole approach is that 
we, we have to change how we're using our body to solve our chronic pain, because that's exactly why you're having chronic pain. And so uh, not only how you're using your body causes the pain, but it causes your muscles to change in terms of strength or weakness or tightness or looseness. So we have to correct those things too, in order to, to solve that. But it's very simple. So the Fixing You series of books uh, you created some time ago, and it sounds like those were very popular. Let's start with those. How long ago was that? I wrote those about 10 or 12 years ago, and I sell about three to 4,000 a year. Okay, interesting. But then from there, you've had some evolution and moved on to something uh, new or more advanced? Absolutely. So uh, since then, that was before I owned my clinic. And okay. so uh, those books were written based on my observations of you know seeing a few people at a time and starting to see how all of this works. But since I owned my clinic, I saw, of course, that you can imagine a huge volume of people coming through with all sorts of diagnoses and all sorts of ages. And so what it helped me realize was not only are the issues in my books happening, but they're happening in patterns in people. And it's the same pattern happening. For instance, if you have back pain, Dave, the same pattern that's causing your back pain is causing someone else's sciatic pain or causing someone else's SI joint pain. It's the same pattern. It's just manifesting differently in different bodies. And yeah. so what I've realized is that, oh, if you look at my back pain book, there's like 80 different exercises in there to solve just about everything from head to toe, you know, relating to back pain. But what I've learned in my clinic is, no, we don't need 80 different exercises. I've honed it down to like six or seven to fix okay. the major things that are causing almost all back or sciatic or SI joint pain based on that clinical, my clinical experience these past 10 years. And so what are those called, the new ones? Uh, well, it's called the Fixing You Method. So my books are the okay. are the Fixing You series on Amazon, and I called it the Fixing You Method. And um, they, they're all found on my website, rickolderman.com, and you can okay. find them all there. And if you type in Fixing You in the coupon code, you'll get 20% off your purchase, oh, whatever, cool. whatever you end up purchasing. And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's using the same name. Cause I figured, well, I've already started with this one. Might as well stay with the same name. So you've just, you've just added to your library, so to speak. Exactly. There are five and, programs, one for back pain, one for hip, a knee, a foot and ankle, and then also a neck pain and headaches, which also solves shoulder issues as they relate to neck pain and headaches. I see. So that's the one I need. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you don't have neck pain or headaches yet, and hopefully your physical therapist will solve your shoulder issues. But if they don't, well, then you then you need my program, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your your story sounds similar to Kelly Sturette. You're you're probably familiar with Kelly Sturette and his uh, work uh, becoming a supple leopard. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And similar to you, uh, he had like academic understanding, but then his wife started a CrossFit gym, and he started seeing hundreds of people a week move incorrectly. Yes. And that like blew up his understanding of the, the human body. And it, your story is similar in that you discovered a lot of these things that sound like you, you've started the fixing you series based on your clinical experience, but then you start a practice where all of a sudden the volume goes up and boom, you just start to have much more experience, much more volume. And that, that just kind of refined your your ideas and your original fixing you series. Is that kind of how that happened? Absolutely. So that helped me refine my ideas. And also through training my therapists, I started to see where our thinking was wrong 
in terms of how to solve and look at chronic pain. Uh, so that's why I also developed the online training program for practitioners is to train them how to, how to see the body like this. It's much simpler to solve chronic pain looking at the body as a system than it is how we've been doing it in, in medicine. It's so much simpler. And these are do it yourself at home, uh, thing. So the person can get the guide for whichever area they need. By the way, I love the way you've broken it down. Uh, I like, I, I like Sturette's book. The problem is it's kind of a Bible and I, it feels like, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta absorb a lot of information to use this thing. <laughs> yeah. But what you're describing is something sounds quite targeted. You, you choose the area, you get the guide away you go. Yeah. So uh, it's funny you mentioned that because my original book was all one book. So all six books were all in one. So it was a Bible. And then I, I, <laughs> I showed it to some people and they said, uh, this is, I can't read all of this. This is just way too much. So that's then they right. said, you know, if you can break this down, that would be so much more helpful. So that's why I broke it down into, I have six different fixing new books on Amazon, you know, all approaching these, you know, joints and areas of the body like that. And so, yeah. So it's, it's helpful. I've, I've learned I, I need to keep things short and sweet with people because then they'll do them. And that's what these home programs are. Much shorter, much sweeter than what I have in my books. And I love the fact that they are, are, are natural and based on body mechanics and strength and getting movements to be correct. Uh, I would like to ask you, though, uh, for those people listening who who maybe have uh, injuries that are just never going to be 100% or arthritis or those types of pain, do you deal with anything like that? And if so, is there uh, certain topical treatments that you recommend or, or certain pain management methods when a person just can't get where they need to be because of, of restrictions or an injury that's just never going to be quite uh, repaired? Yeah. So this is a great question. So uh, first of all, our, uh, I wouldn't trust that it couldn't be repaired until I actually tried to repair it myself. A good, good, I found, point, good point. I, I've just found that a lot of practitioners, because they don't understand a system solution, they're doing the wrong things to solve pain. And okay. I wouldn't say wrong things. They're just not looking big enough and doing the better things to solve pain. For instance, an yeah. arthritic hip is not a, is not a recipe for, Oh, I just have to live with it. And I just have to wait till I get my hip okay. replaced. I mean, I've solved a lot of people who were ready to get hip replacement and completely taken away all of their pain, Be nice. you know, and, and they had these x-rays full of arthri arthritic changes in their hips. So think of it this way. It's not so much that you have those changes on those x-rays or MRIs, like tears, disc bulges, arthritic changes. It's how you're using your body that's causing those things to be painful because there's so many studies showing people with disc bulges, tears labral tears, arthritic changes that have no pain at all. And so it means that how you're using oh, your body okay. has a lot to do with why you're having pain. And so that is the hammer that's hitting that arthritis, not the arthritis itself or the disc bulge or the disc herniation or anything like that. It's how you're using your body that's stressing those areas. And maybe that's why they've developed those changes in them. So I hope, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And, and of course, that's, that's really the best answer because uh, uh, taking a more deep uh, approach to causes before you jump into, you know, pain management 
medicine or anything like that is, is of course that's that's better of course we'd all rather remove the cause and remove the pain um yes. uh and, and and speaking of causes this gets into more your realm dave but i have an overriding theory that uh it's a, i call it the three pillars theory that we all have a, a a threshold above which we have pain okay well musculoskeletal issues are one of those pillars of things that pushes us up to that threshold but dietary allergens, mold, things like that is another pillar. And then the third pillar is emotional, psychological, or traumatic events in our, in our body. All three of those issues can create tension in our body in these patterns I was talking about earlier that drive us into pain. And so I focus mostly on the musculoskeletal side of things, you more with the nutritional supplemental side of things too. So uh, there's so many our bodies are amazing. There's there's just a lot of different things to explore. Please don't give up if, if you have an X-ray with X with arthritis and you think that you need to have a hip replacement because of it. Okay, I love it. And now, now uh, it's interesting you mentioned the emotional side. Um, I, I'm getting a certification right now in SSR, sleep, stress, and recovery, mm-hmm. and uh, they talk about a principle called deep health, um, where they they are um, convinced that the the focus on health through only physical methods, like in the case of, uh, you know, nutrition and fitness being the uh, pillars mm-hmm. is a great word. It's often been thought that, Hey, if you want to get in really great shape and have a great life, uh, uh, physically, uh, hit the gym and eat the right foods. But in deep health, they've identified some of the things that you just did that, that there's, there is emotion, uh, there's stress, uh, there's, um, uh, meaning of life issues, uh, now, now, some of this was championed in a way by the guy that wrote the Emotion Code book long ago. And I, I just wonder what you think about that, because that to me felt a little too out there, a little too woo-woo, mm-hmm. uh, that, that emotions get trapped in an area and that's causing the pain. And, and, uh, and it starts to feel a little witch doctory to me, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, but it, go ahead. Well, I just want to, but, but at the same time, I, we do get that we are very complex beings and that our, we do have emotions and we have uh, history, we have trauma, both, both uh, psychologically and physically. And, and so I just wanted to put that out there as an example um, and, and see your thoughts on that. You did a mention emotion and, and that that could be involved in this whole thing. So uh, are you familiar with the emotion code concept? I actually became certified in it. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that because, to, to because, a large, okay. Yeah. Because I was curious, I, this was at a time when I was looking because I felt that there was this battery that was charging our bodies in these patterns that were dysfunctional and painful. And so, you know, emotional emotion code came up on the, on the radar. I'm just like, Oh, well, this looks interesting. I watched the videos. I thought, Oh, wow, this, this looks really interesting. So I ended up becoming certified in it, but in a, in my clinical practice, it just, it just wasn't working. I just couldn't make that make a difference. So I was, I tried it and I, you know, there's something to it, of course, because he's helping people with it. But for me and my clinical practice, the results were not consistent. Uh, and, okay. and I couldn't, I, and I could not meaningfully, uh, I couldn't meaningfully measure those results. And so I, okay. you know, I can't ask people to come to the clinic for this if I'm not going to be sure about their responses. So I just ended up stopping that. But the the premise, I believe, is very true. And this is why 
this is why there are millions of books on diet, supplements, emotional issues, you know, also musculoskeletal, because we're complex beings. And oftentimes it is a mixture of these three pillars of issues. And that's why all these, these approaches work. Some people, diet is 100% of the issue. Some people, emotional issues are 100% of the issues. And in my practice, musculoskeletal issues are primarily the greatest issues. Fantastic. That's I'm I'm, I'm glad I asked that question. Well, yeah. well, Rick, uh, it sounds like the punchline here for a lot of people listening is that you have some simple guides. So if they're dealing with back pain or neck pain or hip pain, uh, they can just go to your website. It's rickolderman.com. Yes. Yeah. And there's some free stuff on there too. Don't forget folks to type in fixing you all one word if you want a 20% off of anything that you purchase there, but there's also some free things for you. Okay. Fantastic. And, and, and I'm going to get selfish again, just before I let you go. Yeah, so cool. what am I going to do at home to get the scapula and shoulder blade moving properly? Yeah. So that's the tough one, especially after shoulder surgery, because that muscle is in spasm. It's hard to fix that on your own. But one of the things that I would recommend for you, Dave, uh, are you familiar with the child's pose stretch? I am. Okay. Yeah. So that is one that helps the scapula start to move better. Okay. And so uh, you, your therapist was on the right track. I'm going to put the skeleton up. Uh, oh, well, actually, I'll use it. So your therapist was on the right track because they're trying to get you to raise your arm up overhead, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what I would do, what I have my patients do when these mu- so the, the teres minor that I was talking about runs from the shoulder blade here to the arm bone. So if it's short or in spasm, it's going to drag that scapula up instead of letting the scapula muscles do it. So yeah. what I have people do is I have them do that arm raise, but I have them with their other hand block the shoulder blade. So now you're getting the arm up without letting that shoulder blade move, and it's going to stretch that teres minor muscle and start. It'll allow the it'll allow freedom for the shoulder blade to actually start moving on its own rather than being drugged around by that arm. And nice. also. When that gets stretched out and an arm can do that, then you're not going to be overusing your the muscles that you just had surgically repaired because now they're not only lifting your arm, they're dragging this whole shoulder complex with it and they're not supposed right. to. It's right. supposed to be the other way around, right? Okay. But until that relationship is fixed, isn't fixed, you're going to continue to get impingement pain up in the shoulder joint. So we'll rename this issue instead of fixing you, this is fixing Dave today. Yes. Yeah, uh, and for those of you who aren't Dave and didn't just have shoulder <laughs> uh, surgery, <laughs> go to rickolderman.com and tell us that twenty uh, percent off code one more time. Yeah, it's fixing you, F I X I N G Y O U, all one word, and you'll get twenty percent off of whatever you order there. That's a nice discount. Well, Rick, anything you want to add before I let you go? Well, I, I think the thing I because my my focus is more on people with chronic pain, and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I, I want to, because most people have been to a lot of practitioners, they tend to think that they're broken. And uh-huh. my message to them is that they're not broken. They just haven't had the right information yet. And I, I really think m- my approach is such a departure from traditional approaches to therapy. It has been ga- a game changer for so many people. And I, I would, I would, you know, urge you not to give up that you're not broken. You just need better information. And I think I probably have it for you. 
I love it. So Rick, thanks for taking the time. I mean, I mean, pain is obviously a, a, uh, a lifestyle. It, it lowers the lifestyle of anyone who has chronic pain. So this is an important topic and it would be a shame uh, to go through life with chronic pain, thinking we can't get rid of it when, when we actually can, that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And it's absolutely my pleasure. And I, you know, Dave, I thank you for getting the message out. And I'd be happy to come back anytime and we can drill down into specific areas of the body if, if you have more questions or I can help you with that shoulder if it's not coming along well. That's cool, actually. It'd be fun to poll my audience, actually. About uh, every six months, I'll do a poll of, of our customers to find out stuff that they're interested in and whatnot. And it would be interesting for me to do one about pain and pain management and see what specific interests they have and to have you for another episode if that's something that, you know, we have oh, quite I'd a few it. people with certain I'd love it. needs. Okay. Yeah, I'd love it. Yeah. I, I'll add it to my next uh, questionnaire and we'll, we'll see what people say. Cool. Thanks, Dave. Well, thanks again, Rick, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And for those of you listening, this is Dave Sherwin wishing you health and success. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget about all the free resources on dirobi.com. That's D-I-R-O-B-I.com. Also, find the show notes for this episode by clicking on the podcast link there on the website. And if you want to pick any of our world-class products while you're there, use code podcast to get 10% off anything you like.